Welcome back to the Restaurant Reservations podcast with me, Amelia Slaughter. In today's episode, I caught up with Judy Jew, the fabulous Korean-American chef who has had such an interesting career. She actually started on the trading floors of Wall Street before packing in banking for a life of food. And since then, she's had a hugely successful career working in some of London's most well-known kitchens before opening her own restaurant, Jinju, in 2014. Uh, Judy's also written two best-selling cookery books. She's established herself as a well-known TV personality and now is bringing Korean fried chicken to the people of London with her new restaurant, Soulbird. Uh, I tried the chicken during the interview and can confirm it's incredible. I got up with Judy at Soulbird in Canary Wharf and this is what happened. So thank you so much, Judy, Ju, for having us. This is so exciting. So we're recording this live from your restaurant, Soulbird yes. in Canary Wharf. Thank, thank you, you for having me. Thank you for coming. I'm so excited. Well, I'm excited to chat to you because I think it's always interesting to talk to chefs about mm. restaurants that, yes. I mean, firstly that they like eating in, but restaurants that have meant a lot to them in their career and inspired them but I'd like to ask first when it comes to restaurants and eating out what are your habits do you eat out a lot do you get the chance to eat out a lot um well I've been eating out more recently just because we haven't had the chance to eat out, obviously. Yeah. And so I've been um, on a bit of a, of a, of a gastronomic tour lately. <laughs> I feel like I've been eating out way too much. And um, But uh, normally I, um, I probably go out probably twice a week, but these okay. days I've been going out about four times a week. So I don't it's know. It's still a novelty, isn't it? It is. It really is. And I've been, you know, visiting old friends. I've been going yeah. to new openings. I mean, like, I just want to... Um, uh, Mimi Mayfair was just opened. I think the first day um, to the public was yesterday. Oh, and it amazing. was absolutely gorgeous. Such a little jewel box hidden in, in, in Mayfair. It was delicious. Yeah. And do you think when it comes to eating out in restaurants, obviously your day job is being a chef. When you actually yes. go out to eat, do you mm. think you're looking for something different to say me? Or do you think when you're actually there as a customer, just having food, enjoying times with friends, it's actually everyone's looking for the same thing, really? I think everybody's looking for the, for the same thing. I mean, obviously, being in the industry, we notice more things, you know, so yeah. like we will notice detail. We'll notice, you know, I, I can appreciate uh, design. I can appreciate materials. I appreciate every single element on the plate because you really see the blood, sweat and tears of every yeah. single commie chef of being stuck there, just picking off <laughs> all the stems of every single spinach leaf or having to cut, you know, melon up into perfect, you know, quarter centimeter brunoise, you know, the yeah. perfect chiffonade, all that stuff. So you, you really see all of the work. And when you look at a plate, you, you can kind of, you know, like you question like, oh my gosh, how do they make that? Or what what is the flavor co- combination? So there is a definitely a little bit more of an analysis i guess that that goes into it a little bit more critical possibly yeah definitely um i I think so just because you know like we eat out so much we eat out all over the world and we um gosh um eat so many different types of cuisine i feel that um we're you know our frame of reference is just a little bit higher you know and um what uh what what the standards are are, are just just because we're, we're just a bit more knowledgeable yeah yeah, yeah. You, know, you know what it takes to get it to get it right definitely um so let's dive in and start talking about your restaurants let's start way back in your childhood so you grew up in new jersey with yes. your korean parents yes what was that like did you eat out much as a family um no we didn't eat out that much just because um you know we grew up with, with very modest uh, means you know so so the big 
thing. I remember it was like KFC <laughs> and like a really special night was like Olive Garden with all you can eat salad bowl and breadsticks. And, um, you know, uh, today is Good Friday, like TGIF, like all the big chains yeah. um, were kind of like the special occasion things, you know. But obviously um, you like chicken. I mean, that kind of definitely, inspired you Definitely. Um, but, you know, Korean fried chicken isn't something that oh. is traditionally Korean. Um, it's something that was introduced to the country um, with all of the um, GI presence from from America, and then was you know embraced and um, adopted by the local Koreans, and then you know it evolved and it was modified and then became uniquely Korean and then boomeranged back across the globe and has now become its own thing and its own. Um, yeah, trend-setting phenomenon in, in, in itself. So. But that's something that, you know, you were aware of from a young age. I read an interview yeah. with you and you were saying that your mum used to cook Korean food, but because those ingredients weren't readily available, she used to make them around the house. Everything, everything. I mean, I um, have so many memories of making, like, thousands of dumplings. Um, <laughs> you know, our laundry room and our garage always smelled really funky because something was drying or pickling or fermenting <laughs> in there. Um, you know, drying seaweed was up in, in the garage. Um, you know, chili peppers were drying on the top of the refrigerator you know and, and that warm air that's constantly blowing <laughs> out um kimchi fermenting on on the back porch on underneath the porch and yeah there was always something going on like we would pick acorns off in the yard and my mom would make acorn jelly and, oh my god i didn't uh, even know that was a thing yeah yeah and whenever we went on hikes she would pick wild garlic and use that to, to make different types of panchan like the side dishes or throw in with, with, with the kimchi um there were so many things yeah and that um, must have been great for you to learn and see you know if those things had been available at the supermarket maybe you wouldn't have had the understanding that you had about food exactly yeah. and, and the appreciation of of how much time it took like I, I remember her making kimchi you know which is fermented cabbage and and the labor that it took and um you know she was always telling me to stand back because the chili peppers are so hot she didn't want me to to get hurt of it splashing on me or wow. you know getting my eyes but she used to use um our our old baby um bathtub you know it was the largest like like plastic vessel that was around so i used to i used to see how like the uh when i was too big our our baby bathtub had graduated onto kimchi making duties yes exactly (laughs) and did you have any um korean friends did any of you who were in your school friends korean or did they ever come around and try this food and what is this what is her mom doing um yeah, no, I mean, my sister and I were the only specks of color in our entire school. Yeah. Um, we were in really, really kind of, you know, in the middle of nowhere in, in New Jersey. And the next Korean family was like five hours away wow. or something. I mean, you know, th- th- there were some that were closer and we got we got together for every single holiday. And um, but yeah, there was, you know, I had the, like the funny smelling packed lunch yeah. and uh, yeah. things like that. Um, and I used to just like beg my mom just to pack me sandwiches, you know, <laughs> oh, really? with like bologna and cheese yeah. or something just because I, I just wanted to, to fit kid, in. you just want to fit in exactly you? Yeah. exactly yeah. um whereas like now you know it's it's totally changed where everybody yeah. kind of is like envying the like like the ethnic school lunch next to them it's yeah. full of dumplings or yeah. something yeah i think people have got a much more diverse palette now definitely yeah so that was that was kind of your childhood growing mm. up but when did you first start taking interest in cooking yeah i mean it was never really presented to me as a career option growing up you know I very much grew up with this like tiger parenting if you will you know like piano lessons and I was supposed to be a doctor I I, I come from a a family of doctors and um 
it wasn't really until I became very disenchanted with my um, career in finance. It just it just wasn't for for me at, at the end yeah. of the day. And but I think this is incredible. So you started mm, on Wall Street, yes. Which I mean, I couldn't think of two more different very careers. Different, yeah. I mean, I suppose both very high pressure jobs. Yeah, high pressure in in different ways. Yeah. Um, you know, it's you know as you know what's happened in the economy like you can you can collapse an entire institution or or the, the country's economy if you're a rogue trader that, yeah. that goes unchecked with, with risk and stuff whereas you know if, if somebody gets their meal a little bit late you can kind of fix things you know, <laughs> yeah, send out exactly. extra glasses of champagne or things yeah. and, and get the customer to, to leave happy you know the ramifications of um of, of a dining room kind of end in the dining room um so yes yeah, so it's 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 high pressured um it's it's very different in the sense that you're wearing so many different caps i feel particularly as, as as a restaurant owner um it's everything from from design elements so you know you're wearing you're wearing creative hat i'm using my operations research engineering degree in terms of designing things um from an operations point of view um efficiency design and um you know, making sure that everything is, is, um, is fit for purpose. You know, every single material, is it cleanable? Will it withstand the test of time? And then obviously, you know, menu design, not only do things have to taste great, but they have to fit in with the menu. You can't yeah. just have ingredients that you use just for one dish. You kind of have to see where it fits across the board in other dishes to make a cost-effective menu. Um, and obviously the way that the menu reads um, is, 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 uh, is a entire um, you know, practice in itself. And, and of course the customer experience, you know, everything from walking in the door and what kind of lights we have. Um, yeah. And do you think that, you know, having dipped your toe in a different career and having a little bit of life experience behind you before entering this, you know, quite harsh industry, do you think that was a good thing? Absolutely. I mean, um, you know, finance really kicks your butt, you know, especially when they used to have these two-year analyst programs like back in the day. I don't think that a lot of banks have them anymore, but you were, you were afraid to make a mistake. You were definitely, so you were triple checking, quadruple checking your, your work, you know, you saw if there was an extra space you know after a period you saw there was a 0.5 difference in the typeface of font you know you checked your numbers you know a gazillion times checked all of your numbers all of the formulas behind in your excel spreadsheets you know a thousand times over and so it gives you this attention to detail that i think was a really good training ground to go into anything yeah. absolutely yeah. and um and also just this um attitude of of preempting um problems and so you're always a self-starter because the way that finance worked particularly back then you know there were there were the coveted jobs out there before the uh, dot-com boom and so you were you were really trying to do everything to get ahead of the person sitting sitting next to you and so you know you know working extra hard staying the extra hours and um being being a self-starter and um, really thinking through analysis three to four steps ahead of what the what if scenarios and um, and because of that I think that um, I got a really good training ground um, in many different respects yeah. you know not only from from being able to you know do forecasting and and uh, building business models in order to talk to investors and, and, and raising capital to, to to build places like like Solberg, but but also being able to to speak their their language and and and, and look at things and work with architects um, as well as keeping in mind all of the operation elements, the engineering elements, uh, what is possible, and um, yeah, because owning a restaurant and operating a restaurant, you really are um, wearing so many different hats, and it's it's all in the detail. Yeah.
Yeah. So, so it was a good foundation. Yeah. So what was the first restaurant that you worked in? Mm-hmm. Gosh, the first restaurant that I properly worked in um, was, I'm trying to think, I'm losing track of my, <laughs> uh, it was so long ago, I'm dating myself, I'm like 25 years ago. Now. <laughs> like, um, so the first restaurant, the proper restaurant I probably worked in was uh, was Gordon Ramsay Restaurant in uh, Royal I mean, Hospital. that's quite the baptism of fire, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, it was three, three Michelin star, uh, very, very high stress. And, and back then, you know, you worked ridiculous hours. Um, and it wasn't like now where everybody's kind of working 40 45 hours like maybe yeah. 60 hour weeks yeah. so back then you know all the head chefs and all the sous chefs were working 100 hour weeks easily you know um, in at 7 a.m and there until the last you know bite is served yeah. and some of these meals because they're long course dinners don't finish until 1 a.m and so it was and, really and as soon as you got there were you like did you love that did you thrive on that energy and that busyness or did um, you have a moment of what am i doing <laughs> A bit of both, you know, um, particularly because when you start, you start at the bottom, you know, you're, you're, you're juicing crates of lemons for hours at a time with a fork, you know, and they, and they do kind of haze you, you know, like giving you like the worst, because you're on the bottom of the rung, you know, you're going to get the worst jobs and then you slowly work your way up. Yeah. Yeah. But you, you like what you saw and you you thought I I would be at the top. Um, I did. I kind of have this attitude that whatever I do I'm going to do it to the fullest and do and and just work and do whatever it takes to get there and how quickly from when you started in that job did you progress um you know I I skipped steps yeah well I mean (laughs) I I was I had a whole career before you know and um it's I, I, you know, I didn't grow up in kitchens, you know, yeah. like I had a whole other career before. And so like I was working in kitchens, but um, I, you know, I, I think that the, the, the big break for, for me was actually um, landing that role on Iron Chef UK. Yeah. So Iron Chef is a massive franchise across the world. It didn't do very well in the UK. We only had one season here, but that kind of put me on the map. Mm-hmm. And off, off of that, I got my first executive chef position, which was with the, with the Playboy Club. Yeah. And so from there, um, I used that experience to open up um, Jinju, um, and then uh, we had three locations of Jinju. Left Jinju in t- 2019, and then opened up Soulbird. Yeah. yeah. So it's been quite a, quite a quick journey. You progressed quite quickly. Yeah. Um, I think you can. Everybody makes their own journey. Yeah. You know, um, people can skip steps and um, you know go through things in, in serendipitous ways. You know, and. Um, it, just as long as you kind of get there in the end, you yeah. know, yeah, I, yeah, of I, I think that you kind of make your own adventure. <laughs> Absolutely. So that yeah. was the first restaurant that you worked in. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to talk now a little bit more about other restaurants. So I, I first want to ask you, yeah. what is the restaurant of anywhere that you've ever eaten that you've thought, I wish this restaurant was mine? I wish I had thought of this. This is perfect. Oh, gosh. I have had phenomenal meals at Thomas Keller's per se in New York. Yeah. And I've been there a lot. And it is... Um, it, it, it is sublime every okay. single time I go. The first time I ate there, I think it brought tears to my eyes that um, the, 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 there's a dish called uh, caviar and pearls, which is um, an oyster that is just poached perfectly and on top of like, you know, creamy um, tapioca or, or something. Yeah. I, I don't even like remember in caviar. It's 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 just amazing, you know, and, and I did a stage in um, French Laundry in Yachtville, California, and it's one of the most respectful, peaceful kitchens I've ever worked in where the standards are so incredibly high and the work ethic is amazing. Um, 
and I have so much respect for, for, for Chef Keller and his team. It's, um, it's always a divine, wonderful time. Every single time I, I step into yeah. one of his, his restaurants. Yeah. yeah. And that is, is that the aim in your restaurants? Are you sort of taking oh, no, bits no, no, of... No, no, no. I mean, I, I'm going for fast casual now. I mean, this Soulbird is ghetto fabulous, my yeah. darling. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, you get a tray and a buzzer here. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> fried which, chicken. There's some chicken that has just magically oh, arrived. Yes, here, Shall so, I try some? So explain absolutely. what I'm eating here. So this is our um, famous Korean fried chicken. Oh my goodness. And so please do get involved and get, get a oh, bite. This is, so, I love how it's served. It comes in a tray. Yes. There's some sort of slaw here. Yeah, so that's our Asian so the so the little um, container that it's in yeah. is actually a traditional Korean lunchbox. Oh, okay. It's called a doshira. So we, we took that inspiration. Um, so it's a little kind of rectangle metal tray. Yeah. And it has um, a bit of Asian slaw on the side. So it's just like lightly dressed in, in a soy vinaigrette yeah. and, you know, fresh cabbage yeah. and, and daikon and, and, and carrots. And also, whenever you have Korean fried chicken, you always have pickled daikon on the side. So those right. are those white cubes. Yeah. And it acts as a bit of a respite in between bites. So it's crunchy. You you you, you can you can try one now. now. It's it's crunchy. It's sweet. It's it's lightly pickled. And, oh, it's and, lovely. Yeah. And so in between mm. bites of something that is a little bit you know oily because it's fried, you get a bit mm. of, of a nice refreshing taste. Well, and that's this, really nice. And um, so whenever you have Korean fried chicken, you always have these um, chicken pickles, yeah. as they call them, yeah. uh, on the side. And how does the Korean chicken differ from yes. the American chicken? Yeah, or? exactly. Um, so Korean fried chicken is different. In a, in a couple of ways. Number one, it's um, double fried, so it um, it has this. The skin has been taken off, so it's it's dipped into a batter and then it's fried twice. And that and that double frying technique um, makes it um, extra crispy. And we use um, matzo meal, mm. which is a Jewish unleavened flatbread, as well as um, vodka in our batter. So vodka prevents gluten development, so that makes things extra crispy. And we also brine it for 24 hours in, in a soy sauce-based brine. So you get that nice juiciness um, with, with the meat. And then, of course, the sauces. And so we've given you a selection of different sauces yeah, here. Yeah, what have we got here? Um, so Korean chili chicken, uh, spicy gochujang and Korean barbecue. Which one would you, which one would you recommend? I, I would try it with this. Try I mean, it's, it's not super spicy. Okay. It, it, look, it looks red, but um, so just kind of you know, dip and, and bite away. Um, so there, you know, we have everything from like blue cheese dipping sauces, etc. but it's the sauces that I think that, that really make Korean fried chicken different also. It's because you get that, like the, like the deep flavors of Korea with, with the gochujang, which is yeah. a fermented chili paste as well as soy sauce. So you get those hits of umami as well as, you know, obviously ginger and garlic mixed inside and all different types of, um, classic Korean ar aromatics making it, um, Oh, that more, sauce is delicious. I love that. Yeah. And do you make those sauces? Yes, we make all the sauces here. Everything, yeah. And um, secret batter. And then so you get, you know, a bit of um, refreshing uh, crispiness on the side. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. And when you were putting together the menu for Soulbird, mm -hmm. did you know very clearly what you wanted? Well, we had so much success um, off of um, the Korean fried chicken that, that we were serving in, in our previous restaurants. Andy Hales, he's my COO. We've been working together for, for over 10 years. We really wanted to do a fast casual concept. Um, and so we thought, you know, Korean fried chicken is so trending. Everybody eats chicken. Like, why not, you know, create a concept around this particular dish? And so, yeah. so we have fried chicken, but we also have grilled chicken. So we do like a, like, like, like a barbecue grilled chicken as well. And um, yeah, but it's it's been going great. As you can tell, it's 
it's very Moorish. It's it's really it's crispy. Really it's it. really crunchy. And even as as it sits there, it's not going to get soggy. No, so, well, I can say that is absolutely delicious. Really, really good chicken. We're going to take a quick break now, and I'm joined once again by Caroline from Square Meal. Caroline, what are you telling us about this week? So today I wanted to chat to you all about the exclusive offers available to Square Meal members. By signing up for a free Square Meal account, you will receive restaurant offers unique to you directly into your inbox. You can also earn Square Meal points simply for booking your next table, and many restaurants also offer Square Meal points for every pound you spend with them. And what can I do with my points? You could redeem them for restaurant gift vouchers, for luxury products, or you can even donate their value to charity. And how do I sign up? Just head to squaremeal.co.uk and select offers from the menu. Moving on, I'd be interested to know your favourite fine dining experience. Are you, oh. are you into fine dining? Yeah, I mean, well, well, well per se, is very f- fine dining, yeah. so, so that's up there. Um, another fine dining, I mean, like, I, I I don't wish per se is mine because it takes a lot of effort to run that, <laughs> you know, so, yeah. but I do enjoy um, my, uh, my, my, my meals there. But other fine dining experiences that I've had recently... Um, trying to think um I, I mean i went to muse at tom aikens here here in london yeah. not that long ago and um it's it's such a, a personal um journey of tom's you know kind of going through his childhood and it, it feels like, like 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 a storybook yeah. and it's small and intimate and cute yeah. which is um it was so funny and he changes the menu quite, quite often mm-hmm. seasonally so you're every time you go you have some, something different which i think is yeah. is is really special um I also um, loved my meal at Sketch. Oh, yeah. oh my gosh, that was to die for. Also, yeah. and um, and a real know, experience. A real experience. Yeah. I mean, that that's definitely more of a of a grand affair. Whereas you know, Muse by Tom Aikens, it feels very intimate. You feel like you're sitting in his living room. It's quite small yeah. and, and very cozy. Whereas you know, Sketch is, is quite um, quite a, a night out. You yeah. know, it's yeah, it's, it's all of the pomp and, and circumstance that you want with a three Michelin star dining experience yeah. and but everything was absolutely original and so unique and and, and full of flavor and um and, this, and you're just ushered in and the sommelier takes you on a journey and you know trying things that i've never had before so i i, I absolutely and is there anything that stood out on the menu when you ate this gosh um i really loved the um the small little snacks in the beginning i we had these like little bites i'm trying to think it was, it's been a few months now mm-hmm. since since i've been but uh, um, I think it were these like little cheese balls. It's so funny. I don't even think it's a real course. It just kind of <laughs> came. But it's, it's funny, like what like little bites you kind of remember, remember and, yeah. and, and you take away with you. Yeah, I mean, anything with cheese has got to be I good. Right? It was so good. It was so good. Yeah. <laughs> so going from kind of the other extreme now, we've done fine dining. Yeah. I'm really interested to see your answer for this one, and that is your favorite pub food because you describe yeah. yourself. Judy, as a French-trained Korean-American Londoner, yeah. I wonder what you think of the pub scene, or when you first came to London, what yeah. you thought of the you know, London pub oh, scene? Oh, I've been in London for 18 years, yeah. so London food was not good when I first came here, yeah. if you recall. I yeah. mean, you couldn't even get a good cocktail. Yeah. Like the cocktail scene was non-existent, yeah. you know. So what I've seen, you know, London go through in the past, you know, t- twenty years has been absolutely tremendous, you know. Um, and pub food was not great when mm-hmm. when I first got yeah. here, and um, it, it's just been absolutely transformative. And now, um, I mean, I do love a good fish and chips. I have yeah. to say, and when it's done well, 
It is so incredibly good. I'm a big seafood eater, yeah. and um, and who doesn't love French fries, you know? And oh, yeah. yeah, totally, completely. <laughs> and I and I and I love everything that I can just douse into Basco. <laughs> and, and do you have one pub that stands out for? somewhere that you like to eat oh my god i mean i'm, I'm kind of a local girl so yeah. i i hang around in, in marlebone quite mm-hmm. a bit oh, some great pubs in marlebone great pubs yeah. in, in, in in marlebone and there was one that i used to live across the street from um it was called coachmaker's arms and they've got a great sunday brunch you yeah. know with like the yorkshire puddings and and the roast meats and stuff and um but around the corner there's a fish and chips shop called the golden high which is fantastic and that's so a perfect there. day out it is Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And and that pub is a Guinness pub. So you can get like your, uh, your real, a real yeah, Guinness pork. Yeah. yeah. And do you, do you like a pint of Guinness? I do. Yeah. I do. And I had, um, it was funny because, um, when I, when I first started going to this pub, um, I remember we used to get like half pints and yeah. there was like a, a female bartender. She's like, have you ever tried it with a bit of Ribena in there? And I was like, no. And then like, and then like my Irish friends were so shocked that they, that was, they're like, no, you can never yeah, like, Ribena around the Guinness. I know, totally. But um, yeah, a little bit of Ribena in the Guinness is not bad, actually. Well, if you're new to Guinness, it definitely yeah, takes I the edge off. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah, no, I liked it. I mean, but but I do like just like a straight Guinness. It's yeah. nice. It's oh, so I tasty. It is, yeah. Um, so we've spoken about, you know, your favorite pub food, like mm. a bit of fish and chips. Um, this, this is what I'm keen to get your answer to. And this is your favorite guilty pleasure restaurant. Oh, Taco Bell. Taco Bell. Yeah. That's your favorite. Taco Bell is so good. And what are you having when you're there? Have you got a regular tacos, well, the hard shell tacos, no, the hard yeah. shell tacos, yeah. and like a bunch of them. I think they've yeah. got like a 12 pack or something. Yes, <laughs> yes, and it's that special sauce. But I think it's just all about nostalgia because I, I ate that non stop in high school. And um, there was a Taco Bell in my dorm at oh. the university, oh <laughs> so that was pretty bad. It's incredible. It was so cheap though, like when I'm dating myself again here, but in high school, one taco <laughs> was 69 cents. Oh my God. 69 and we used to scrape together pennies like yeah. literally like going into the car seat like oh you have anything in that you know and just like get like tacos for lunch yeah and, yeah. and do you so, still eat that a lot you know when you're home oh, i love ordering a bit of taco bell yeah. but i mean like i think chefs love like a bit of dirty food you yeah. know like i love instant ramen noodles yeah. love it love it so you don't you think know? that most chefs have too much of a snobbery around that stuff you know no. there's a place for that food no i mean chefs love that yeah you know, like oreo cookies and like um you know mac and cheese yeah. all that all that dirty stuff like yeah. i mean i was um i was doing a bit of research when i was last in new york and i was eating like chick-fil-a sandwiches and you know yeah. <laughs> like all that, like popeyes chicken sandwiches and so it's good yeah, yeah. yeah. and totally. do you see a real difference when you're you know obviously you've been in london a long time when you go back to new york do you see a real difference in the restaurant scene between the cities yeah definitely yeah i mean i would say that um London is definitely a, a bit more progressive um, oh, in really? terms of um, like they see the trends first and uh-huh. then it kind of comes over to London. Yeah. 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 Um, so now we're going to move on. We've, we've touched upon this a bit. We want to talk about your own restaurant. So yes. we're sat here now in Solberg yeah. and Canary Wharf. You've also got one in Shepherd's Bush, Shepherd's Bush. Westfield Mall. Yeah. yeah. And you know, you said you wanted to create something that was casual, fun, mm-hmm. and bringing Korean food to the masses. Because I, I also read you were saying, you know, you hate that people lump all Asian cuisines together because they're so different. Absolutely. I actually think it's quite ignorant when, yeah. when people do that. Yeah. It really is. It's, yeah. it's um, it, it's, it, it's, you know, at this, in this day and age, yeah. like people should know that 
China is different from Korea versus Japan versus Thailand versus Vietnam, Cambodia, you know, and people still think that Korea is in Southeast Asia, which I don't understand, you know, and they think that we have similar flavors to that of Thailand or Vietnam. And it's a completely different. It's strange, isn't it? Because, you know, people would be able to differentiate between Italian food and French food. Exactly. And they're very close by. Exactly. You know, <laughs> yeah. and, and and actually Asia is even more fragmented than Europe because we don't even share religion. Mm. We don't share language, anything, you yeah. know. Um, and so the cultural differences within Asia are really clear and distinct. I mean, if you know, like Japanese food versus Chinese food versus Thai food versus yeah. Korean food. And so I, I get I get really annoyed when people compare Korean food to Thai food. Yeah. It, it's it's completely it's quite lazy, incorrect. really, isn't it? It is. It's completely incorrect yeah. and just kind of sweeping them all with one brush and saying we all use the same ingredients. Yeah. Like yeah. what? Like salt and soy sauce? Like yeah. really? Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah. it, I, I find it um, very lazy and actually just just completely ignorant. Was it important to you to be able to bring Korean food, as you say, into quite a casual kind of environment? Absolutely. I mean, I'm always waving the Korean flag. So I really am trying to globalize the cuisine. And even if it's just something like gochujang or kimchi that people become familiar with, I I think it's it's a success. And something as easily accessible as Korean fried chicken um, that is, you know, liked by the masses, I think yeah. is, is a perfect vehicle to, to do that. Yeah. And you know, when you're training as a chef, obviously you train uh, in French cuisine yes. and then you worked in lots of British restaurants you said you worked under Gordon Ramsay to start with you know, how do you balance that your training obviously you're you're making Korean food now is that very different from working in a British kitchen or does it actually are the fundamentals still the same uh, the fundamentals are, are still pretty much the same you know yeah. um, I think it's it's kind of um it's in, in the same ilk, like if you're writing, you know, if you're doing creative writing versus nonfiction versus, you know, writing uh, research reports, like the fundamentals are still kind yeah. of there. It's just like yeah. the style and the tone is always going to be different. But, um, you know, you still have the same health and safety rules when it comes to cooking. You still have yeah. basic technique. Yeah. Um, you know, it's still fish that can't be overcooked at the end of the day or chicken that can't be overcooked or has to be cooked enough. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so it's it's a useful background no matter where you're trained yeah. it's it's yeah, yeah it's just different execution so you've got Solbert here you've got your one in Shepherd's Bush what are the future plans for Solbert would you like to go bigger yes definitely so we're always looking at new sites um, we like to you know have have be a, a multi-site um, company and looking to franchise eventually as well amazing yeah I hope so and, and how have you found COVID I mean obviously we're sitting in your restaurant now that is in the heart of Canary Wharf obviously yes. so much business around here has it hit you hard um well, we only opened up this location in July, right. so we haven't really seen a, a day of normal trade yet because Canary Wharf is just coming online yeah. now in, in September. So a lot of banks haven't been back yet. Um, obviously, this this area is very much dependent on, on the quote unquote city clientele. So um, it's it's coming back slowly. Westfield, um, you know, we opened that during the pandemic, 2020 August, and so we closed Westfield four times. Um, due to government mandates because the mall closed and so that's been very tough um, also there was this you know there were all these barricades around the food hall and one way system it, it was you know at one point I think we only had 300 seats when we normally have 1300 in that food court so 
um, incredibly challenging time to open incredibly, a new restaurant. Incredibly, incredibly. Yeah. I know we're just gluttons for, for punishment, yeah. but um, all of hospitality is is really um, struggling right now. Staff, um, supply issues, everything's becoming so expensive um, because of, of Brexit and because of COVID. I mean, you can't get lorry drivers, um, you can't get people to pick the fruit and vegetables. Um, so it, it's really hitting hospitality hard. Yeah. So. And the ripples are so far Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Yeah, eating out to help out really does help. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, support small small businesses. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we've spoken about your restaurant, the final restaurant I want to talk about, and this, this is a tough one, and that is your favorite restaurant of all time. My favorite restaurant of all time. Um, I I don't. I mean, I love simple food, and yeah. I just love just rocking up to a little seafood shack on the beach where there's just like these little grandmas cooking and just simple grilled fish yeah. kissed with olive oil and lemon and, and what country it. are we talking about I mean, Italy, in your head. Italy or Greece or anything on the Mediterranean yeah. is just so incredibly great like yeah. I, I don't need like a tablecloth I don't need you know finely pressed linen <laughs> I don't need silverware yeah. I that's that to me is heaven and bliss yeah, yeah. Good food, a just nice good food and just like, like I was just in Greece and I was eating sea urchins out of the shell just scooping them up with my fingers and we actually picked them from the rocks and stuff oh and so I literally went diving and I picked them off the rocks and cracked them open and, and just you know slurped up the, the, the fresh row and yeah. I mean that's just bliss yeah, yeah. that sounds pretty perfect yeah definitely <laughs> um, Judy thank you so much for sharing your thank restaurants you. with us um so what is next for you I know you've said about yeah, I mean, I'm definitely trying to bring uh, our, our famous Korean fried chicken to the masses. But um, yeah, always looking at, you know, looking at, at books, uh, but probably another book up my sleeve, um, more television. You know, we just finished cook- Cooking with the Stars yeah, well, on ITV. Oh, great. Thank you. And um, yeah, so we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I, I can never plan live. People ask me this question all the time. But, you know, we're just we're just kind of seeing where the where the wind blows us and what opportunity knocks. I think, that's, I think it's a good move. Yeah. Good thank yeah. you so much. Thank you, thank you. And enjoy your chicken. Thank you. I will. I will get back to it. <laughs> thank you for listening to today's episode of Restaurant Reservations. And a big thank you, of course, to my guest, Judy Jew. Thank you so much for the chicken. It really is incredible if you can get down to Soulbird. I highly recommend it. Uh, don't forget to visit squaremeal.co.uk to book your next restaurant and to keep up to date on all the latest news. And there'll be another episode of Restaurant Reservations out very soon.